This is a Hub Hopper original. You are listening to Winning Edge Talks podcast. I am Vishwanath, your host. You will now be listening to the audio recording of the conversation I had with Mr. N. Lohit, an international fencer and now a Team India coach. talk show and uh, on this uh, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, I have with me a very interesting person. He's a fencer and uh, he represented India and he's now a India team coach. And uh, he's uh, none other than uh, uh, Mr. Lohit uh, Vijay is um, uh, Lohit and his, his name is uh, uh, his, uh, called as uh, Vijay by his friends and close friends and relatives. Okay, uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Vijay. Mr. Lohit? Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, yes. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Very nice. Okay, uh, it's very nice to have you on the show. Now, uh, let us uh, let me introduce uh, Mr. Lohit to the uh, participants. Okay, uh, Mr. Lohit uh, is a fencer who uh, represented uh, uh, Karnataka as a player in the sub-junior, cadet, and the senior categories, and when won several medals. He represented Bangalore University and also won medals uh, in those competitions. Then uh, uh, he went on to become a coach uh, for fencing. Then uh, he earned his uh, diploma in sports coaching from the National Institute of Sports, Patiala, and uh, received a, a, grade, a grade in the year 2013-14. Then uh, he is a certified B license international referee from Federation International de Escream FIE in Fall and EP. What it means, I think uh, Mr. Lohit himself will explain. Then he's also a certified C license Sabra referee from Fencing Confederation of Asia. He has served as a coach for the Indian fencing team and as for the Karnataka team as well. Uh, he has served as referee uh, for several national and international events and uh, he has uh, six years of coaching experience training players from all groups. He's producing international players and national and helping them to win uh, national medals. Uh, then uh, he is also a guest lecturer for the Netaji Subhash National Institute of Sports, Patiala, for his NIS coaching. Now, even today, he was engaged in online uh, coaching, and uh, I, uh, I thank him for making the time to appear on this show. Then um, he has experience of working with schools, various uh, fencing associations, and uh, clubs. Okay. Then um, he has served as a coach for Sports Authority of India, training girls fencing team in Kerala. Uh, part as a part of his internship. Then uh, uh, he's, he's a member of the selection yes. committee uh, for Fencing Association of India. Then uh, he's the head coach of Archery and Fencing School at uh, Sante Manhali Chamaranagar district in Karnataka. And uh, this uh, school is being managed by uh, Sports Authority of Karnataka since uh, March uh, 2018 uh, till the present. Uh, then uh, it's uh, really, you know, it's really nice to have Mr. Lohit on the show, and uh, Mr. Lohit, welcome to the show once again. Okay. Uh, thank and you, thank you very much. Uh, like I said, it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, congratulations uh, for all your achievements uh, in the field of uh, fencing, and uh, uh, let's get uh, started. Uh, Mr. Lohit, uh, fencing is not a popular sport as cricket, football, hockey, or any other game in India. Then how did you get you yourself get into fencing? Uh, well, well, if you see, um, fencing uh, isn't a popular sport, uh, as you are told, but uh, fencing was introduced in Karnataka at the uh, when the 97 National Games, uh, which was held in Bangalore. Um, so the idea behind bringing fencing to uh, the Karnataka National Games was to secure more number of medals, since we are being the host, uh, since fencing has uh, more number of 
medals to be won uh, like uh, gymnastics swimming and athletics after them uh, so they had introduced at uh, kantirwa indoor stadium and uh, it was my parent who uh, you know put them you know, put us into fencing me and my sister so initially i wasn't very uh, keen or interested in fencing so my sister is also a, uh, an international fencer like me uh, she is also an ekalavya awardee uh, so she joined fencing and i looked up to that and in a year's time uh, you know i was already you know my coach's favorite student and i uh, got my first opportunity when i was at the age of 9 um, so i started fencing uh, pretty much at 8 and 8 9 and then uh, i was about 10 when i first won my under 14 national medal and from then on it just you know took over fantastic okay now uh, yeah uh, how popular is uh, fencing in india mr lloyd and how popular is it abroad uh well fencing is a very popular sport in european countries especially in the region of uh, france hungary italy you know almost uh, complete europe uh, fencing is a very very popular sport and uh, it is also uh, another popular sport in the american region also however in india as you know that it isn't a very popular sport however uh, it is you know getting its publicity uh thanks to uh, bhavani devi who has now qualified for the olympics uh, at least through her i think uh, we have got a brand ambassador now uh, you know for the publicity of fencing yeah yeah of course okay nice to hear that then uh, mr loita uh, which are the international competitions and games uh, fencing is a part of now we clearly know that fencing is an olympic uh, sport now which are the other international competitions and the games like asian commonwealth uh, yeah. can you just name a few yes fencing is part of uh, olympics as you know uh, it's one of the uh, four sport that is featured in all the olympics uh, from the time modern olympic has started from 1896 oh, it? Uh, so it is one of the four sports that is featured in all the olympics so it is a record that you know fencing has with the other three sports yeah. apart from the olympics uh, we have it at the asian games which is the second biggest games that we have Uh, it is part of asian championship uh, commonwealth championship it was part of the commonwealth games uh, until certain time in the 70s and 80s and then uh, due to uh, you know restrictions of uh, you know lesser days in the commonwealth games uh, you know they gave the opportunity to the host country to have you know lesser events so that's when you know fencing uh, now we don't have it as part of commonwealth games that's why you did not see it in 2010 uh, delhi commonwealth games or you know any other recent commonwealth games but it is part of the commonwealth championship and uh, the other games that i told you yeah. oh great it uh, yeah go ahead go ahead uh, it is also part of the youth olympics uh, african games uh, south american games uh, a lot of you know european games it, it is a very big sport when you go there are about 158 countries that participate uh, in fencing at a world championship level so you can you know imagine uh, you know the number of countries participating and the number of people who are uh, competing at it it is not like you know you are competing with just uh, 10 to 15 countries no not at all so here you are you know, going head to head with you know all these nations yeah okay uh, talking about fencing to us indians you know when you look at fencing we are always reminded of uh, uh, those movies the historical movies uh, when the kings were ruling the country Uh, when uh, during wars uh, wars were fought with uh, swords you know uh, th- that was the kind of okay, battle so that they like would do this so they used to fight with swords fencing is of a similar sport. kind you know uh, if you look at the those, founder uh, of that modern modern later how the sometimes stick similar to a, uh, a sword uh, now so to start uh, with that fencing turned out to become a sport about fencing initially it was Just, uh, what you know, are like the said, categories uh, it is uh, involved in uh, and the duration uh, of, uh, of the each match then what is the point system so it is this uh, aristocrats from europe post to fence uh, in the real swords uh, so they used to settle on disputes by fencing so whoever draws the first blood uh, you know drop of blood so he wins the disputes so then further this was taken into uh, sports because you know you can't afford to kill a lot of people so once it is uh, come in as a sport uh, people have this misconception that it, it is still a very dangerous sport it, you know people could get injured die but let me tell you this is the number one fact that uh, or the misconception people have that you need to understand that fencing is one of the safest sport 
even compared to soccer and hockey. Oh, nice to hear. You will not get all. Yes, the injury uh, level that is there uh, when you compare to soccer and hockey, it is not even close to it. So it is very very safe sport. Now we don't use those sharp objects. Uh, we use uh, flexible weapons, and these are all uh, electric weapons. So okay, you have electric wiring to it, and there is a tip to it with with a spring. So there are three events in fencing: uh, foil, epi, and saber. So foil and epi are thrusting weapon. So there is a tip with a spring, like I mentioned. Uh, there is a wire that is done in the middle of the weapon, a small wiring, and then you have a socket that is connected to the guard, and then you wear a body wire which is connected to the socket, and then the body wire is out. Uh, that is connected to the spool, which is like uh, a junction box, and that wire is connected to the scoreboard. So as soon as the tip goes inside, so for foil you need to, uh, you know, have a pressure of more than 500 grams. And for EP, it is 750 grams. It's not just you just touch for these two events. You have to thrust with this pressure. Then the hit will be registered immediately. So this is the concept of foil and EP, which is a thrusting weapon. And the target areas are different. For EP, it is the whole body, and for foil, it is just the upper body, but it does not include your mask or your upper limbs. So it is just like you're wearing a sleeveless sweater. You know that is the target for foil. So coming to the uh, third event, which is saber. Saber is very fast. Saber, you get points even if you touch. You don't have to thrust. So this is a thrusting and cutting weapon, wherein there is no tip to it, but there is electric connected to it. So it is very very fast. So the moment you touch, it is a hit. So there are uh, different uh, you know game uh, like you know you have it in league, and then you have it as direct elimination. So when you are fencing in the league stages. Uh, it is for five touch, three minutes. Whoever gets the first five touch, or at the end of three minutes, whoever is leading, is the winner. And when you move to the direct election uh, elimination, uh, it is for nine minutes and fifteen touches. So whoever gets to fifteen touch first wins, or whoever is leading at the end of nine minutes wins. So you have uh, two breaks in between the nine minutes, which is of one minute each. So that's. a small explanation about fencing uh, and uh, you know these are some uh, these two weapons saber and foil are conventional weapons ep is an unconventional weapon so you will understand once you, you know get in more deep into it yes so what is your sword like thing called the stick what do you, what do you call that so you you either call it foil ep or saber so it depends on uh, different you know these look different like i said this target areas are different okay. uh, so i forgot to mention saber is cutting weapon with the target area is the complete upper body okay. it includes your upper limbs as well as the mask okay. so you know the look of it itself is different uh, the style of playing itself is different okay. so these three events are not the same okay. it's completely different yeah uh, i i remember seeing one competition in kathiawar stadium the indoor stadium Whenever the opponent, whenever the striker used to, the fencer used to touch the opponent's body, a light used to come on. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the the tip of the fencing okay. uh, fencer's blade uh, is the second fastest thing at the Olympics after the you know bullet of the shooter. Oh. So the moment the tip you know touches, there is a light execution of that light. So it's you know basically uh, a sport uh, where uh, it is the only combat sport without a weight category. so mm-hmm. basically uh, you know this involves more of your agility and uh, logical thinking you know not just logical thinking but quick thinking you need to quick and respond in split seconds yeah. that's a small uh, you know introduction you know about uh, fencing yeah there is something as similar to sword fighting you know where they have to evade you know escape the uh, enemy's charge you know because there it's uh, totally life and death so it's as similar as a very quick And you have to evade. You have to use your intelligence, dodge him, and do uh, all such things. Yes. So, so it is played on a strip which is just 14 meters in uh, length and uh, 1.5 meters in width. Okay. So you have to have the right balance and coordination, and uh, you know your explosive strengths play a vital role uh, in moving up and down in that small area. Because, like you mentioned, if you have to evade or you know parry your opponent's weapon or move. front and back it is just that space that you have okay okay very very interesting okay now um, thank you for that information you know it's really uh, one never understand that there is so much of uh, 
technology and um, variations involved and uh, that's it the more the sport becomes a television sport more people uh, watch it uh, the more it's going to become popular uh, okay Mrs. yes definitely i think uh, ep is the uh, one event which is the unconventional event where people can understand better because whoever hits uh, you know whichever light comes if both lights both get a point but saber and foil are not like ep so they are, these are conventional weapons so it depends on a referee will decide who gets the point depending on who has the right of way so yeah. this is where people don't understand uh, but if it is ep event yeah. uh, if it is on television it is very easy to understand yeah. and watch uh, but it is very exciting to just you know uh, sit down and watch uh, you know saber event yeah because it's very fast yeah mr rohit looking at this uh, present modern world and uh, the present generation uh, it's a fast life as you know no fast food fast life and uh, they want excitement they want to see they don't have uh, enough time to watch those long duration games now even cricket once was a five day game six day game now uh, now cricket now came down to t20 now t10 is becoming extremely popular a 10 hours game okay within with the blink of the eye the 10 hours are over so uh, fencing is also a sport where it's, it's quick it gets over quickly so that's what people will want to see in the short span of time they want maximum excitement and hope uh, in a few days to come this is going to be a very um, entertaining spectator sport and more and more people will come to the stadium or the uh, watch it on television so let's all hope and wish that it's going to be the most popular games in india okay this is yes hopefully yes yeah uh, what has been india's uh, best performance in fencing so far in the international competitions uh well as you all know uh, the best and highest performances uh, will be the this tokyo olympics which is yeah. uh, bhavani devi participating yeah. this is in fact uh, the first uh, you know athlete a first fencer who's, who will be qualified to the olympics so that is the ultimate olympics is the ultimate for any sport yeah. so this is our highest uh, performance mm-hmm. uh, apart from this uh, we have pretty good performance uh, from uh, one of our uh, male fencer in the saber event only he is also uh, you know reached uh, the top 8 in the saber world cup uh, current singh uh, then we have uh, some of the uh, performance from our uh, ep girls team which ranked in the top 8 uh, in the asian games the recent asian games uh, we are in the top 8 uh, we, we we just lost the medal bout uh, with uh, china and individually also uh, she went on to the top 8 uh, jyotika datta and then we have uh, kavita devi who has won a satellite tournament silver medal uh, in ep event uh, so apart from this it's very exciting to know that our uh, juniors and cadet which is under 17 and under 20 is also picking up you know it is not like uh, you know how, how you know when we used to fence uh, you know we used to reach at a certain level but now uh, we are comfortably winning medals at the commonwealth uh, junior commonwealth and cadet we are completely dominating now i would i should say because uh we were far behind from canada australia uh, wales uh, you know ireland these teams uh, but now uh, in the in the 2018 junior and cadet uh, commonwealth championship which was held in newcastle uh, we won 16 medals uh, we were like overall second after england uh, which is like one of the best performances that indians have had at commonwealth level yeah. and at asian championship uh, we have couple of medals uh, from the ep team and the saber team so this is our uh, performance so far and we are very soon hoping uh, since now that, that asian zone is getting very competitive uh, like just like the european zone with uh, you know japanese uh, koreans and chinese you know dominating uh, you know this is now the most toughest zone so if you win a medal at asian level i, I think it is you know very much possible for you to win a medal at the uh, world championship level so it has become you know that yeah Miss Lloyd, we are showing progress in most games. You know, recently I was talking. I had a talk with uh, roller skaters. I also had a talk with a cyclist. You know, she's done very well at the international. Now uh, they are all showing. They saying you know their recent records uh, show a lot of improvement at the international level. And uh, now, though, as is uh, means of encouragement, we saw in this Olympics especially two of our swimmers qualified on the A category. Uh, and up until then sajan and uh, our uh, naram gagan ap gagan from karnataka uh, they had qualified through the university route uh, 
Now, this is the first time they did the A, 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 A qualification, which looked impossible in the earlier years. So, definitely, we are making progress in uh, most games. And uh, really, yes, yes, I mean, very much, uh, uh, you know, Bhavani Devi also qualified with her ranking only, not just the uh, the Asian, uh, you know, qualifiers, because we had the qualifiers quota also. Yeah. Uh, it is not that, you know, she qualified through the wildcard round. Uh, yeah. She was, uh, you know, working for this for a very long time. And, uh, you know, yeah. like you said, uh, she qualified through her rankings only. So that is a very big achievement. Very good. Now, uh, Bhavani's Devi is a torch bearer. Uh, she's a shinosh to the eyes. All the Indians were eagerly watching, watching what she would do for us. Then uh, um, now, what have you to say about her? The first Indian to make it to the Olympics. And then what are the, definitely yes, as an Indian, as I love our sports, I would definitely ask this question. Uh, there are the chances of her getting a medal for India in the Olympics? Well, well, firstly, I would like to uh, you know, give a big congratulations to Bhavani Devi uh, for making us all proud. Uh, so the reason uh, why you you know you asked me fencing wasn't popular and now it's slowly picking up. You know we didn't have a brand ambassador, uh, you know all this while, uh, like how we have a brand ambassador for tennis like Sanya Mirza and uh, you know for badminton we have P V Sindhu and Sanya Nehwal. Uh, so you know now we have a face for fencing and everybody can recognize Pavani Devi. Uh, so I have to tell you about uh, her. Uh, I know her personally. Uh, we have played together. Uh, so it was in 2004 at Sub Junior and Kerit Nationals Chennai where we first met, and that is where she won her first ever national medal. So she was, uh, you know, uh, very new to fencing. Uh, she uh, just a year back, I think she had started fencing, uh, you know, and uh, through her dedication and hard work, uh, she beat all the top seeded fencers in the under 14 category, and she went on, she went on to win gold medal. So I, I, you know, those memories are still fresh in my mind. Uh, after that, uh, we have traveled a couple of times uh, to the international competitions. Uh, so she won her first ever international medal. Uh, I was with her with the uh, junior Commonwealth team. We were in Malaysia. Uh, so the Sabre team event was her first ever uh, international medal. Even then, even though she lost her medal bout in individual, uh, she gave a terrific performance in the uh, team bout. To you know, to win the uh, first ever bronze medal in the Sever event at the Commonwealth level, so that was uh, you know these were you know doors opening up for us. Uh, and then the next year we travelled to uh, Asian Championship in Philippines, where again once again she won a bronze medal in the team event. So again that was the first ever uh, you know thing. So she went on creating history like you know the first ever time. And uh, so you asked me what are the chances for her to win uh, at the Olympics? Uh, well, I would say. Uh, you know, she has a very good chance because uh, she is definitely a surprise package. Uh, you know, she has this ability to create history. Uh, so, you know, you cannot counter lightly just because, you know, uh, she's uh, ranking in her 30s. No, not at all. And uh, well, my only advice is uh, to Bhavani would be, uh, you know, to be the way she is because, uh, you know, um, if she is the way she is, I think she can go on to, uh, you know, create more histories. And uh, she loves her sport from the beginning. And uh, I would only ask her to you know, continue the good job she's doing. Yeah, female athletes have done exceedingly well in the recent years, in the, in the last uh, past Olympics, Commonwealth. They've been doing very well. And even this time, we have the maximum number of uh, individual shooters are females, actually, from the Indian uh, shooting team. Okay, uh, so a lot are there to expect from her. Uh, let's uh, have our fingers crossed and look forward to whatever she can do. I'm definitely looking forward to see her on the screen. Okay, great. Um, Sunarita, is it easy for any youngster to take up fencing and go all the way? Uh, what are the challenges before any athlete, uh, an athlete who decides to make fencing uh, their professional sport? Uh, well, see, if you look at uh, fencing, uh, you know, it is not very different from any other sport. Mm. So it is, I would like to compare uh, fencing to badminton. Uh, you know, it is very similar to badminton now uh, because earlier until 2000, uh, let's say 2010, we had a lot of uh, problems in acquiring equipments because the equipments used to be very, very expensive. Uh, it used to come from Europe and, uh, you know, each weapon used to cost more than 10,000 rupees. Um, you know, so it, it was very, very difficult. It was like, you know, just like a royal sport 
people with money could only you know uh, pursue this sport um you know you would have heard bhavani devi also telling that her mother you know had to pledge gold to you know uh, do all this things so uh, it was very difficult earlier since the equipments are very uh, expensive but now we have the um, you know chinese market into <laughs> i was coming uh, to that i was coming to that yes, yes. It, it, it is in almost all sports and uh, uh, you know the, the, that is one good thing that they have done uh, that uh, the equipments prices have dropped drastically so for one complete kit of uh, fencing that you need for an international competition will cost you about 120000 rupees mm-hmm. close to that uh, you know to compete at international level but if you have to compete at a national level uh, or a state championship you can use the chinese one which will you know not cost you more than uh, let's say 20000 rupees so that, that is the difference so it is like very much like uh, you spend like for a badminton or yeah. cricket any other sport so now there are no much challenges it is just that uh, you know you need to find uh, fencing centers now fencing is uh, a booming sport uh, there are several coaches in, in several districts and states that uh, are doing fencing coaching so regularity is one thing that is very important in fencing because fencing being a muscle memory sport uh, you know it is not very easy uh, because of the uh, movements that are there in fencing these are not natural movements so you know it needs lot of time for you to get into it that is the challenge patience is the challenge here you get into the sports you you know take the course uh, and then you know you will achieve what you have to achieve okay. in step by step yeah okay now uh, does it like take a lot uh, to uh, create uh, the infrastructure for fencing the centers the what do you call the practice area uh, is it too expensive is it uh, very simple uh, can we can can it become more affordable and can more centers spring up without invest too much of investment well uh, here again i would like to give you an example of the badminton court uh, so the the size of the badminton court would be sufficient for fencing training however you need the playing area to be 14 meters long that's the minimum along with 2 meters yeah. run back area so 16 meters length is compulsory Yeah. Uh, for you know fencing training because along with training you will also be doing some uh, you know bouts so you need that kind of space mm-hmm. and yes it is a one time investment uh, for you to have a, a scoring apparatus mm-hmm. uh, which is about uh, 1.5 to 2 lakhs uh, it's a one time investment and uh, you don't you don't need the fencing pist actually which is the aluminum pist which will it will cost anywhere around 3 to 5 lakhs but to start off with even if you have the normal uh, badminton you know mat uh, you know these things you can you can start up with yes it is not that you know you are you are having a competition there no not at all so the scoring apparatus and you know this facility is more than enough and then every individual has their own uh, training gears which is about 10000 to 15000 the chinese one mm-hmm. and that is very good uh, until the uh, national level you know you can use that until the national level so it's it's you know that's all it cost for you to with the entry of the chinese they more uh, made uh, um more you know equipment affordable and available to us people were once dreaming that it's not for us now the people can definitely afford it and then take on the with that they can go on with the game yes uh, uh, there we have to thank thank the chinese okay now uh, uh, what can india do to produce more uh, fencers like bhavani devi in the future uh, what kind of uh, support they need from the system uh well see for, firstly uh fencing was uh, part of other sports so we did not get much funding from the ministry of sports uh, or you know any authorities but uh, now uh, the good news is that fencing is part of uh, high priority sports so ministry of sports have chosen 14 sports uh, to groom for the upcoming uh, 24 and 28 olympics you know so the next two olympics so they have chosen sports um, which has more number of medals uh, mm-hmm. to be won because it kind of makes sense uh, for you to uh, you know if you are investing let's say 15 lakhs on a 15 member team sport you either win a medal or you don't but if you invest the same 15 lakhs uh, let's say on 10 fencers uh, you could easily win about 3 to 4 medals so here is the balance uh, about uh, medal winning because yes. at uh, olympics usually at every olympics there are only 10 events uh, usually there are 12 events in fencing 
so you can win 13 medals so this tokyo olympics they have included all the events 12 events so you can win 36 medals so just imagine uh, there are 36 medals to be won uh, mm-hmm. if the complete team is qualified and is going to participate and at world championship it is 48 because uh, it is gold silver bronze and bronze at yeah. olympics it is gold silver and bronze yeah. uh, so they have put in uh, a very good effort in uh, taking uh, fencing to the top uh, you know 14 priority high priority sports mm-hmm. so i would really like to uh, you know appreciate uh, the ministry of sports sai uh, you know sports authority of india uh, who has you know taken consideration so it was during the time of our um, you know sports minister mr kiran rijiju uh, you know who has looked into this and uh, has made uh, you know 14 sports yes. are uh, you know that are more okay. capable of winning okay. winning this so if you're looking at what we are lacking at uh, what we are expecting you know we are not expecting much from the government since we have that kind of support now right now the only uh, thing i would uh, ask is if they can continue the support uh you know for a longer duration uh, not just the two olympics that we're looking at uh, then we can become uh, you know an expert in fencing you know let's say 32 uh, you know 2032 or 36 olympics also we have a very good chance of winning medals yes and the other thing is that uh, you know media's attention uh, so this is something which is uh, you know a, a very big thing mm-hmm. not just for fencing i believe for a- any other sport uh people start uh, you know projecting you or broadcasting you only when you uh, reach, yeah. yeah reach that level you know let's say uh, so uh, where was bhavani devi you know one year back or two years back nobody uh, ever knew uh, about bhavani devi it's not that you know she was not doing anything uh, she has won so many medals uh, at the international level there are so many other fencers who are training and winning medals so i think Uh, you know it is media's responsibility when you can question athletes and coaches uh, why are you not winning medals at olympics yeah. or why is the performance down so i think it is very important for them to support us from the beginning uh, see our journey and then you know uh, support us throughout uh, that is very important that is that is the only thing which is lacking yes. i believe I uh, right now yeah i agree no there were other games also especially like uh, even in cricket also until we won the 1983 world cup uh, we didn't have that self belief that we can be world champions then we can be best in the world then uh, when it comes to badminton until uh, prakash putkon won the all india all england uh, badminton championship uh, badminton was nowhere in india of course there were a lot of good badminton players uh, but we never thought we could beat the indonesians and the chinese and the at uh, denmark people from denmark and all those people now we are such a strong force in badminton so yes now i tell the uh, people from the other games when they when they say don't creep see you have to do something make things happen then will people will sit up and take notice of you when the media takes notice of you anything can happen that is what uh, you just said okay now now that bhavani devi has come uh, hopefully if she can produce a medal yeah there'll be that's what happens you know uh when you go to a sports store and ask them they say any time an indian does well in any sport uh, immediately lots and lots of youngsters uh, take to that game and come here to buy that equipment the same thing can happen uh, after bhavani devi produces a medal for india well no, absolutely i, I understand the procedure uh, no, i understand the procedure now uh, it is the fruit that is important first and then you know uh, people would uh, you know be ready to then saw the seed and then groom the plant and then you know uh, make it so it's, yeah. it's i we understand the system it is just a uh, you know thing that was lacking a matter of time like you know yeah it's it's definitely a matter of time yes absolutely. now you were talking about support now uh, you are the head coach of uh, the school that uh, you are now in charge of the fencing and uh, um uh, archery school uh, that's that's very nice to know uh, congratulations to you for that then uh, in fact that is how i came to know about it in the paper uh, in what the article happened in appeared in the general and then i made my first to contact you and today we are here discussing on my show about what fencing is all about that's really nice now uh, talking about support uh, do you think uh, it's a good venture brought about by karnataka sport sports um, authority and how 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 uh, how uh, would you what would you say about this uh, 
no the support that has come how will it be encouraging to produce more fencers from karnataka or uh, how is it going you know um, do people come over to that place it's quite a remote place and uh, what is your experience at that school uh, aloy uh, well yeah firstly i would like to appreciate uh, uh, the editor uh, hita prakash you know who mm. uh, you know took up this article in dekanagal Uh, you know, so this was very exciting for us because uh, that's when even you understood uh, or got to know mm-hmm. that there is something that has been uh, done here. And uh, I would really like to appreciate uh, Sports Authority of Karnataka uh, for bringing a scheme like this. So this is a, a special scheme uh, under uh, SCPT TSP. So this is the name of the scheme, uh, which is from the central government, and it is run by our state government. So this scheme uh, aims at uh, you know looking out for tribal people so you know this hostel that we are running is purely for um, you know tribals uh, scheduled tribe only so you know most of the time we don't focus on the uh, talents that we have around so this in this scheme we have to find only people from tribal background uh, who are suitable for fencing and archery so this sports school which is there in santemarali in chamrajnagar district it's about uh, 175 you know kilometers from bangalore Uh, like you said it is in fact uh, a remote place uh, it, it is it is located uh, let's say uh, very close to let's say 30 35 kilometers from uh, br hills uh, you know very close to that place um, so forest area yeah mm. yes yes so so we uh, every year we look in to get uh, the tribal boys uh, around karnataka and this is a state hostel it is not just for that district alone so we have uh, pretty good students we have done uh, uh talent squatting from you know north karnataka to south karnataka we have students from bidar uh, we have students from chikmangalore uh, we have students from you know all over karnataka basically so these students are being trained uh, this hostel started in 2016 uh, i took over as uh, the chief coach from 2018 uh, so right now we have uh, very good achievements in fencing archery is also picking up slowly Uh, even though they are not yet there but yes i i do see them that you know they are also a potential talent if you look at you know if you give them another year or couple of years you will see their uh, performance also uh, fencing uh, you know players now they are currently the best in the state uh, they have uh, won many uh, state medals they have also beaten the seniors uh, who are there and they have won uh, national medals so one uh, one of the student is also Uh, participated at the uh, Asian Cadet Championship, which was held in Jordan in 2019. So this is the best so far that they have done. Uh, I'm very sure that you can expect a lot of performance from them uh, because overall, if you look at uh, our Indian sports, uh, you know a lot of people complain that we are lacking in infrastructure, you know, uh, other supports, these things. But I think the primary thing that we are lacking in is talent squatting. even though we have the right kind of talent in india we have people who can run faster than usain bolt we have people who can swim faster than michael phelps but the thing is uh, we fail to identify them and these people are sitting inside remote villages uh, remotest place uh, where you can you know never expect that you know there could be a potential talent uh, you know inside these remote villages so that is why i told you that you know if the media supports in in uh, actually advertising about the uh, let's say intake of hostels you know when there is an intake of uh, you know hostel we don't find many people because it is only an advertisement that is given in the newspaper so if there is a lot of media involved uh, take it to tv level because every house now has tv uh, take it to a lot of social media uh, you know i think it would be the best for us to get the best yeah, so this I, is i would like to add to that Uh, okay. in fact you all you you are the system also from where you know you also need to reach out to the media because they are ready and yes. uh, so many challenges nowadays channels nowadays uh, looking to host uh, program you two should approach so it can have work both ways i think uh, a lot can happen now uh, i would ask you why was this place chosen and uh, uh, is it that uh, the tribals are good in archery because it comes naturally to them and uh, i want to ask you tribal boys um uh, there is so much we need to speak about that but not dreaming perhaps um what are the strengths and weaknesses why was this place chosen and why what are the strengths and weaknesses of uh, tribal boys 
uh well talking about uh, these uh, you know boys from the tribal background uh, they are fantastic people firstly very very down to earth people uh, i think people have a lot of you know misconception about them i must tell you uh, they are one of the best uh, you know group of people that i've worked with even though i've worked with uh, many uh, junior indian teams or you know other states uh, things like that so this is uh, a very dedicated group i would say compared to any other group uh, mm-hmm. that i've seen so that is their number one strength yes. so apart from that uh, they are they are physically fit uh, you know they don't have to uh, you know we don't have to completely blend in to bring in the uh, general fitness because they generally fit mm-hmm. so we have to just you know mold them uh, into the uh, you know specific fitness that we require for this so that is their biggest strength uh, their weakness is uh the awareness part uh, they are not uh, as smart as the city boys uh, or girls who are here uh, they lack that uh, um, you know awareness that has been created so they are very spectacular about you know getting into new things so you have to uh, literally uh, you know make them you know believe in you and yeah, you have to give them that so kind of trust then yeah how is yeah. their uh, self image so, i'm sorry how is their self image and self esteem the self confidence normally uh, these uh, kids you know think that uh, they are somewhat uh, inferior compared to the city bred uh, children that kind of thing so how is their uh, self image yes yes so uh, i was coming to that uh, mm-hmm. that is that is their main uh, weakness one is the uh, you know lack of awareness and uh, they have this uh, they definitely have this uh, you know Uh, inferiority um, you know compared to the uh, city boys uh, but see this is where you know your role you know you play a major role as a coach yes. you know yes. to bring in uh, you know all these things you know uh, but uh, i believe there is just a small weakness that they have uh, i think uh, you know when compared to their strengths uh, this is just a small weakness that they have uh, but otherwise uh, these boys have uh, the potential uh, to you know get to any level for that matter Yeah. yeah, nice now. Okay, Mr. Lloyd. Uh, is uh, fencing a game of strength, stamina, and big physique, or even a normal build person can uh, make it big in fencing? Uh, well, if you see, uh, fencing is the only combat sport without a weight category, no as I mentioned earlier. So this clearly uh, gives you an idea that every other combat sport like judo, boxing, wrestling, everything has a weight category. so here your strength plays a major role uh, in all this combat sport but if you take fencing we don't have a weight category at all so here we have age category uh, because with age comes maturity it's more of a, a mental sport i would say it is a 60 40 60% is your mental capability mm-hmm. and 40% is your physical ability mm-hmm. it is basically uh, a chess you know it is called it is also called as body chess in chess mm-hmm. you think and you move but in fencing you think and you move your whole body mm-hmm. so it is uh, you know a, a, a major mind sport uh, yes 40% is your physical ability also because mm-hmm. if you can't uh, perform what you think again the execution is doesn't really come out so okay. it has to go hand in hand oh, but nice. maturity is very important yeah that's nice to hear in fact uh, when you say 60% uh, game mental game there is nice music to the ears of a uh, sports psychologist like me that is uh, 60% mind you are also mentioning about the muscle memory okay muscle memory in fact our muscles don't store you know any of the skills that you already learned it comes from the brain and that's an, uh, another debate okay but yes there's a normal uh, uh, usage that we make use of the muscle memory part meaning that is the your whatever you practice is already stored inside your body wherever that's why we use the term muscle memory fantastic and then uh, uh, how did you uh, you were a fencer yourself how, how did you manage uh, you represented india how did you manage competitive pressure and expectations and now as a coach how do you assist your fencers to manage pressure anxiety nervousness and simply called as stress okay uh, so when we, when i started to fence uh, when i was really young uh, you know i started so i didn't know anything about uh, pressure i was just you know going out there enjoying my game i was winning my medals uh, 
Uh, so it went very well. There was a stage when, you know, after, uh, let's say when I was about uh, 15, 16, uh, I started to, you know, get that pressure. Um, you know, out then, I was continuously losing at uh, nationals, about two, three, you know, nationals. I was coming back without medals. So that was the time where, you know, I realized, uh, I sat down and uh, you know, thought about what exactly I was doing. Uh, then I realized that you know it is not my you know it is not my game that I used to play. So what I used to do at the training was not coming out during the uh, thing. So that was the only problem. So this was basically because of the anxiety. Uh, so I understood all that uh, only at the later part of the stage because at that point of time uh, I never knew uh, what was anxiety. To be honest, anxiety or uh, depression. You know I was not really aware of these things. So I only thought it is just a natural thing. Uh, for us to go through something like this, uh, so I, I so I went ahead and um, thought about how to work on these things. So I thought if I'm not doing exactly what I'm doing in the training, so let me try to you know visualize things and try to create situations. Uh, so this is how I overcame uh, on my own. I did not have any support uh, from uh, you know a psychologist or you know anybody for that matter. Uh, now yes, now. Uh, we have a very good uh, team. Uh, we have a lot of people uh, like you uh, who are, you know, um, mental conditioners, uh, mind coaches. Uh, there are so many now. Uh, now kids know what is anxiety, what is uh, depression, what exactly they're going through. Uh, so it is pretty much, you know, in control now so that, you know, that everybody's aware of these things. Uh, back then, uh, I don't think we we understood all these things. So we had, we were like the raw... Uh, people, you know, raw talent who are just, you know, just going ahead. Thank you. Now, uh, uh, in your career as a coach and as a player, you might have, have you come across uh, fences either from India or from abroad falling victim to pressure and anxiety? Yes, yes, absolutely. This is, this is a very common thing uh, that fences uh, have and uh, uh, we, we keep having this uh, every, every now and then, you know, it is not just uh, you know, in India, but also, yes, uh, we have seen, um, you know, great performers or, you know, the best of best in the world, uh, you know, gets blank uh, when it happens. So it, it, it takes a lot of uh, practice and, uh, to you know, to get to that level. Thank you. Now, uh, you have seen uh, and you have been with uh, Bhavani Devi in crew, from close quarters. You know her very well. Now, a lot is expected from her. Maybe you would also told her how to handle pressure and anxiety. She's already experienced. This, we have to accept that. There's nothing like an experience. She's the greatest teacher. Now, uh, uh, what would you tell uh, How would you tell her to handle pressure and expectations uh, going forward, especially in the Tokyo Olympics? Uh, well, see, uh, I would only like to tell her to be the way she is, like I said, uh, because she's the best at surprising people. Uh, so we shouldn't be uh, you know, giving her so much pressure, uh, you know, getting here itself is a very, very big achievement. I think, uh, you know, that she has already achieved uh, the greatest so far. But yes, there is the next stage of winning medal. Uh, I think uh, she is putting in all the work uh, that she's been doing, uh, you know, training in uh, Italy. And I think, um, I think by next week, she must be in uh, Tokyo and uh, she will get used to the place. And uh, most of the opponents are somebody that she has already, uh, might have already fenced at uh, world championships or uh, satellite tournaments. So I think it's it's all about on that particular stage, uh, even the greatest of greatest, uh, when you come to the Olympic podium, uh, the stage, uh, you know, it, it is a different environment altogether. You know, uh, even the best of best could get uh, anxious and lose out on things. So I would only, you know, advise her to uh, be the way she is. Uh, like how she's always been enjoying the sport. Yeah. So the first part is to enjoy the sport, yeah. enjoy the moment. Uh, the process is very important. That is what I, you know, I would like to tell her. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I don't want her, this to happen to her is that uh, she should not get overwhelmed uh, with the enormity of the competition. The Olympics is the highest, you know, for any athlete. Uh, definitely the Olympic, uh, the games, at least of the Olympic games. Now, when they go there, I, I have interviewed a lot of uh, Olympians uh, from, they tell me that, that you know, the moment they go there in the Olympic uh, uh, environment, in our auditorium and all that, 
they say something happens to that sir we don't know from where it came so uh, i just wish that uh, she is not overwhelmed with the um, enormity and the uh, the hugeness the uh, about the olympics uh, i hope she takes it as any normal event and just to focus on her uh, fencing that's all it's just like a, like a, um, cha- a tournament she took uh, that takes place in a uh, local uh, city in her own city uh, handle it as as good as any other competition that will take away all the pressure focus bring a focus to performance and uh, if the performance is good definitely she is going to get a medal for us yes yes absolutely and even the situation uh, is favoring uh, all the athletes this time uh this olympic being uh, you know without the actual crowd yes yes uh the situation will actually favor uh, a lot of uh, you know uh, athletes out there so i think uh, you know so there will not be that kind of pressure that uh, there is usually with the kind of crowd so that is the, that that's what makes a very big uh, difference um, you know yeah hopefully um so right to the onlooker like me fencing looks a brisk sport uh does it require uh, one to be aroused and excited or he needs to be calm and relaxed to perform well is there a difference from person to person in his style of play uh well yes absolutely uh since there are three different events uh saber being the most fastest event uh you get split second to you know make the decision it is not just a decision that you make you need to make the right decision so you need to be very active if you are fencing uh, uh saber especially uh foil is again uh, a balanced event uh, ep is okay you can be very calm uh, because ep needs a lot of patience uh, so with patience and then execute the right move so that is ep and foil is the combination of both uh, you know speed and patience both so you know i would say it is suitable for all kind of people uh, depending on how they uh, you know choose their event i think uh, that would be the uh, thing that will take them you know Um, make them apart from the other person you know generally you say that if at two they are too aroused and tensed the muscles go tight and they can't perform well generally what yes, are yes. the categories they need, need absolutely. Calm and absolutely because you say uh, fencing is a, a game where you have to think fast so if you are you not know, choke if you choke in the brain you know if you if you are if you freeze unable to think because of the stress for, see for that i would like to give you an example make your moves properly uh, yeah so for that i would like to give you an example uh so fencing if you are having that kind of feeling so basically what happens in your body is your heart rate is high mm. so if you observe uh, so basically when your heart rate is high you can't think logically when you are really angry you make stupid mistakes so you know your heart rate is really high mm. so that is why in fencing uh, you know beta blockers is a banned substance so beta blockers generally reduces your heart rate it is one of the banned substance Uh, in fencing it comes under doping uh, so it is very important for you to stay calm keep your heart rate you know particularly very slow so that you have much time to think logically and execute your actions mm-hmm. so your mental calmness and your mind your muscles all these things being calm is very very important yes this is right when you see the why the heart rate goes up is because uh, you suddenly get excited or you are also afraid that you may lose or something like that because of the points the situation when heart rate goes up you also patience also comes down you become impatient you become too uh, you know you want to become too impatient to get points so you don't wait for the right move to attack normally what you do you hurry through your movements you want to have points quickly and you go against your own style that's when the brain doesn't understand why you are doing this your mind is telling you to do that but your subconscious doesn't understand that that's what happens there so uh, the all the excitement the sudden uh, uh, changes in the way you look at things should not be there they have to just perform whatever happens they have to just perform that's it there's a big debate uh, about this okay now uh, mr lohita uh, has the indian fencing association at any time utilized the services of a sports psychologist who can assist the fencers in being mentally prepared and and, and again i would like to add to this see not much is required to be told to senior fencers like you bhavani devi and those people they of course the youngsters need to be told what can happen why because these days uh, for you to go to competition suffer over there experience come back again go again experience more than that you lose a lot of time that's where the western countries are um, far ahead of us 
they they tell them what what to expect what can happen unexpectedly and what you have to do so they prepare them to to something that can happen because nervousness even to bhavani devi it can happen it it is good actually it's healthy stress you know if we call it as used stress it's a useful stress little bit of anxiety should be there but they should not cross that threshold sometimes it happens so the the psychologists like we are we train the uh, athletes how to they about their mindset one when they are traveling outside to bigger tournaments we tell them what to expect what can a big tournament do to you and how do you react to that how do you manage that how do you manage stress how can you how to keep your thoughts uh, positive these kind of uh, preparation uh, we do we also simulate them to those conditions what can what to expect over there people like you will tell no this is what is going to happen over there and this just we we'll come in and just say we simulate the situation to them and tell them what is to happen so they know they are prepared now so if something unexpected happens they know how to react they don't panic the panic there a fear and panic that can happen over there can ruin your performance i remember um, uh, some other ladies who represent india in the olympics i don't want to bring up names one uh, long jumper if i'm right uh, was under so much uh, of nervousness and anxiety that he said i'm not going to jump and uh, people told her he told the person no it's not right because you you come out there it's not that we have uh, got so many medals in long jump uh, it's not that but if you say you are not going to then you are going to be in serious trouble okay you are going to fail you just do your thing even if you don't you fail is all right if you don't get a medal is all right now see this is something that can happen unexpectedly so this is what uh, we help our athletes to uh, do prepare them uh, to what is uh, going what is expected ahead but that's what we do Uh, so your turn please yes the uh, uh, i i absolutely agree with you and uh, i'm glad that uh, fencing association of india whenever we have had uh, the national camp uh, they have always provided us with uh, a mental conditioner uh, they have come they have evaluated uh, athletes uh, coaches our fencers i mean the athletes uh, also uh, every size center uh, has um, you know these kind of uh, you know people who take a note of all these things mind coaches are present uh, now we have uh, center of excellencies kilo india centers so at all the centers uh, these things have uh, been already in place and uh, they are definitely working towards it and like you said uh, they are evaluating everybody uh, you know on time to time basis yes, even at uh, sports out of karnataka they had recruited um, you know uh, last uh, let's say in 2018 they had recruitment for you know particularly sports psychologists so the only thing is that um, unfortunately no one don't took up, took up that job <laughs> uh, yes probably but uh, yes so there was an effort uh, in uh, you know bringing all this bringing uh, thing i would uh, you know, really like to uh, appreciate these efforts put in it's just that uh, everybody needs to you know look into these areas like how uh, you know me or you uh, know the importance of this i think uh, every coach Uh, must understand the importance of these things and uh, start training uh, mentally also for preparation yes here the the coaches are very important and uh, we always would like to say that we are only the behind the screen people the coach is the captain of the ship he is the leader he is the director like of a movie like you know he is always uh, takes the mantle we are only the support staff we are only that's why we, we are called as support staff okay so it's always the coach we always have to work in tandem with the coach and we the both of us the coach and the, so the support staff should be in agreement in what they are doing they should always work as one there should not be any difference over there uh, mr lohit uh, i want this uh, tip advice from you and because you have been you are an international coach uh, is it uh, um, useful to keep uh, things simple or uh, take people through the grind complexity of uh, uh mind training and uh, all that and that to at the nick of the time see what happens is uh, if an athlete is working throughout you know is not just when our olympics is coming they come to our run come running to us it's not like that the athletes uh, frequently on a regular basis if they are seeing a psychologist then there will be an understanding you know if something happens to them on the mental health side if they are a little bit uh, low in confidence they are having some issues Uh, at home or they are slightly depressed they can always run to the psychologist i am also a counselor so we attend to those feelings also when they have a personal psychologist you know 
they know how to be but sometimes it happens so that uh, in the camp suddenly these ecologists invited and uh, at that leak of time not much can be done so what would you advise uh, me you know that at that point of time not much time is available for us how to handle the situation is it uh, keeping simple is good or uh, uh, what would you tell me uh, well well firstly uh, i would i have i have definitely seen that uh, some of them you know run to you know uh, these experts in the last minute uh, but i wouldn't recommend that uh, because uh, sometime it works sometime most of the time it doesn't work out mm. so if you're looking at a long term grooming uh, you know if you're looking at olympic uh, level or international medal level uh, then it requires uh, you know from the start this kind of grooming should be there uh, as soon as you finished your first year of basics so let's say first year you're going through uh, in learning uh, all these things uh, so there are different let's say there are different uh, you know areas of training first is you are training to train basically and then you are training for a competition and then you are training for winning in that competition so i think uh, the this kind of things come into this part when you are training for the competition uh, just before that so basically it is not that Uh, you know in the next month or next six months you are participating for a competition no it is a one year program uh, because i divide uh, my planning into this area where first one year i don't allow them to participate in any major competitions because that is the year where they are completely focused on how to train how to get this get their basics right get their techniques right so when when they get finish that basic level and move to the intermediate level of you know training for the competition is when they require these things because that is when tactical analyzation comes into play so if you are not perfect with your techniques first then you cannot execute your tactical things so that is why uh, in this portion uh, this you know time is when you know all your people are required uh, you know and then support staff is very much required in terms of uh, everything then you know there is another stage where you also uh, comp- you know train to win so basically for in this you know people don't understand so people basically just go for uh, just winning in the competition so it doesn't happen uh, you know overnight so you have to plan according to uh, which part you are you need to first it's very important to understand uh, what is your goal where you want to go and uh, where you are now second thing is to understand where you are now and then actions so what actions what plan needs to uh, you need to implement to reach your goal so these three things needs to be very very important thank you very much now talking about goals is not just about setting goals for achievement you should also set goals for your routines the processes what what levels you need to improve uh, there is a complex skill which suddenly the next uh, cannot learn it it takes time so he needs to set goals for the processes also now there's another uh, uh, thing now uh, uh, as you said everything is a training Uh, then everything is a habit like muscle memory is nothing but a habit that is stored when you do it on a regular basis okay it is called as theory of repetition when you keep repeating the same thing again and again and again it gets stored very strongly in the brain okay it's called felicitation then uh, the, then again mindset is also like that it has to be um, overlay and lap you know layer by layer layer by layer and the the mindset is you know drilled and groomed to the athlete Uh, and uh, he understands at some point of time suddenly you can't uh, put in anything into your brain because uh, the brain will lose its because of short term memory you will forget everything so that has to has to happen like any other training my training is also a training mine is also a muscle it needs to be trained so this is all i want to say so mr lohit it was a very very interesting uh, discussion we had you are very very informed you are very eloquent with your uh, views and uh, i hope uh, many fencers who get on to watch this uh, the recording uh, will be enlightened uh, with your uh, knowledge about the, your sport and definitely they will they will take a they get a lot of feedback and that will stand well with them for the future uh, performance it was really wonderful speaking to you and i thank you very much for coming on the show it was a pleasure talking well, uh... 
Yes, yes. Pleasure is all mine. Uh, Mr. Vishwanath, thank you very much for having this session. Yes. Uh, it is important, I think, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, interviews like this or sessions like this, yes. is when the word of mouth spreads and uh, people try to, uh, you know, break that myth about what they know about fencing and also get introduced to this, you know, uh, great sport. So yes. I really uh, thank you and appreciate for doing this session with me. Um, so you're doing a wonderful job. I hope, uh, you know, you continue to do this a uh, wonderful job with uh, many more athletes and coaches and uh, bring them to the uh, limelight so thank you once again thank it you. was a wonderful session and um, i hope um, uh, you get more success as a coach you go on to produce more bhavani devis and uh, definitely looking forward you know we are looking at fencing as a medal producing uh, sport we already discuss about that and uh, it is going to be one of the uh, gay sports that can bring us a lot of medals and uh, hope you know yes. future years thank you maybe maybe five years down the line i'll catch up with you again maybe i'll find it very difficult to get you on board but hopefully by that time you'll be a very famous person who will produce more international medal winning fencers not just international fencers medal winning fencers that's what yes, i wish yes. should, can should happen yes thank you thank you very much you. Uh, really appreciate your time and patience yes. thank you thank you very much. much thank you so thank you with this uh, we end this conversation thank you very much